Yes, the show is back. Welcome again to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show after three plus months. I'm Skylar Sigmund, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by my friend, one of my best friends in the world, Jeremy J.O. How are you, man? I am good, man. It's good to see you. Been way too long. It's been way too long, and it's been way too long since we've done this show. Uh, last time we done it, it was a CM Punk episode. Actually, I, I the last time I, I I did a solo episode on CM Punk's uh, 400 plus day reign as WWE champion. This episode is going to be dedicated to CM Punk becoming. All elite potential matches. What happened? The the ratings. What does this mean moving forward for AEW? All of that. But before I want to go a little get a little personal here for a second, I stopped doing the podcast in May. I I just lost motivation. It was just a struggle to even get motivated to do the podcast. Kind of took a mental break from the show. Personally, I had other stuff going on. I, I had a busy summer. I had a busy summer. Uh, I called I called a state championship in softball, among, amongst other things that I did during the summer. But it, it was I just needed a mental break. I think I still got to enjoy wrestling. It was it was a lot of fun. And AEW seems to be renewing my not renewing, but it, keeping my interest in professional wrestling going. Along with another thing I saw this past summer was uh, GCW Homecoming. So Matt Cardona taking on Nick Gage. Uh, that was quite interesting. Did you ever see anything about that, J.O.? I missed that one. No, I actually did miss that one, but I heard it was a barnstormer. Death match. It was, it was quite – I lost my GCW virginity that night <laughs> watching deathmatch wrestling. There's some stuff It's like, okay, I can, I can, I can do this. But then there was other stuff I saw. I'm like, okay, I don't know about this, but it was it was pretty good. Other than that, I can take there's a certain I know my limits when it comes to deathmatch wrestling now. But Jo, what have you been up to for the past few months? Man, I've just been chilling, working, trying to watch a, uh, a few wrestling matches. But I was in the same boat as you. I just didn't. My heart wasn't into it. It felt like a chore to watch. So. I decided I got to take a break from this because there's no point of having it on if I'm not paying attention to it. So it's a good And honestly, like this past few months, things are getting been weird, been weird for a while, just really trying to figure it all out. Yeah, I think we all are at this point. So, but uh, we saw the return of CM Punk this past weekend, which kind of, I think, revitalized the wrestling community. Like it just like completely rejuvenated it. It injected some adrenaline pretty much in it, if you think, don't you think? hundred percent. hundred percent. So also this past weekend, kind of a big deal as well. It was WWE's probably they, what they call their second biggest pay-per-view of the year, which was SummerSlam. I decided to watch it. Um, some stuff I liked. A lot of the stuff I didn't like. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, so the matches I were able to see were actually pretty good. Um, I only caught about half of the pay-per-view because I was out doing uh, some errands. I was out, you know, working, so I was only able to catch the latter half of the pay-per-view. But the matches that I did enjoy 
for Edge versus Seth Rollins. That was a good match, I thought. And I really think Lesnar and uh, John, uh, not Lesnar, uh, Roman versus John Cena was a really, really good match. Too. John Cena, it's a, it's amazing. It really hit him because he comes. Oh, no, hasn't wrestled in what? A couple of years, pretty much. Comes out of the mm-hmm. blue, just comes out, puts on a great match with Roman Reigns, and then. Well, he's kind of leaving again, once again, but yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's turned into the guy, he's turned into the rock kind of, in a way, not a lesser version of the rock, but still, he's he's getting up there movie-wise a little bit. Right, and I see what you're saying, because for a while, uh, then the rock was that guy where, hey, we might need just a little extra in the ratings this uh, this time around, so can you show up for a match or two? And then The Rock says, yeah, I'll be there, but I got stuff I got to do when I leave. And I think you're right. John Cena is about at that level now, too. He's he's, he's become he's getting more and more prominent. Well, he's in this new Suicide, the, the new, uh, suicide, suicide Squad movie, that, that, which I watched. I, I quite enjoyed. I saw it, too, and I would agree. John Cena was, I think, awesome in that movie. He perfect, was one of the best characters. Cast. Perfectly cast. Yeah. And uh, other than that, though, SummerSlam, man, I, I, my matches I liked on there were Roman, John, Edge, Seth Rollins. I even liked the Charlotte, Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley match. I liked that as well. I, I, there was a lot of stuff I just couldn't get to. Alexa Bliss, ne- Eva Marie. Oof, that was rough. <laughs> that was pretty rough. Uh, Gender Drew, I don't know why that even exists. I don't know why that existed on the pay-per-view, really. Like they had a story built in that was so much better than the actual what they actually had, which was a circled around a revolved around a sword. These guys were a three MB. These guys both got fired beforehand, and they yeah they decided oh we'll have like a five minute match on SummerSlam pretty much, and then Goldberg's match that was that was rough once again. But they're gonna keep prolonging it into the Saudi Arabia show, which I I, I have no interest in. But yep. but but Goldberg yeah he. Like Lashley beat the crap out of his knee and pretty much. And then it was so backwards though. If you, if you figured out the crowd reactions, everyone was cheering bot for Bobby. Like, even though he was the heel. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby was the straight up heel and Goldberg was the baby face. They're cheering after Lashley wins. Goldberg's kid comes into the ring. Lashley puts in the hurt lock on him and the crowd is just going absolutely insane. Like, cheering wise like this is so backwards this is not what they wanted to happen no that was yeah i wasn't a fan of that one that one was a you see if the crowd doesn't get into the match they take it their own way and they'll turn on whoever they're not supposed to mm-hmm. they pair in that match but uh well and this brings up a top certain topic to me really quick before we jump into cm punk the biggest headline i think was the returns, which were Becky and Brock. Brock, I get it, because it plays into the whole manager dynamic with Paul Heyman. That that one made sense. I got that. That was that worked with me 100 percent It was a nice little pop they got for that. Uh it was a big pop, really, but it was the Bian- the the thing was the Bianchi Bianca Becky match. Becky Bianca goes out, actually not goes out, but they show the promo video for Bianca Sasha, even though they know the match isn't happening. The match isn't even happening. They show the promo video prior. They have Bianca come out. Then they have Greg Hamilton announce, oh, Sasha Banks is unable to compete, blah, 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 blah. Then they 
bring out Carmella. And then they bring out, then Becky comes out, does a really big pop. And then they decide, oh, let's, so Becky beats, beats up Carmella, throws her out of the ring, blah, 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 blah. And they wanted to make a kind of a dream match happen. Becky comes in, sucker punches pretty much, sucker punches Bianca, manhandle slam, one, two, three, game over, 20 seconds. That was appalling. Makes um, no sense. Like, you literally just, like, Bianca's been building up credibility on the main roster since January. She won the Rumble lasted, like, I think 50 minutes or so. She wins the Rumble. She beats Sasha at WrestleMania and then loses in 20 seconds to Becky Lynch at SummerSlam and loses her women's title. It's like, you just killed any momentum she had. Like, all and any momentum she had. Like, I get it, it's a shock thing, but there was that was just poorly fleshed out because I, I don't know. It's just why do they do that? It's oh, oh, it's just to get a pop from the crowd. Yeah, Chuck, Becky's back. Yay. And literally after that happened, it sucked the energy. That 20-second match just sucked the energy completely out of the building. And there was so much of it too. Like they could have put on an amazing match to carry that energy throughout but to have it just end like that Becky might as well not even have come out because the energy was like you said completely gone at that point well they, they were popped and then it was like what the bleep pretty much happened because you just completely made your champ look like a joke and you give Becky the title and they're trying to portray Becky as the heel here which I don't even know if that's going to even work that's apparently she's going to be a heel which I'm like yeah that's we tried. They tried that initially, and how you know how well that worked? Not that well. Not that well at all. And in my, in my opinion, I've always thought this: first impressions are huge. Like it just made like what? Like well, we they so like everyone's like, oh, well, let's play this out. Let's play this out. Let's wait. Let's see what's the follow up to it. But you took every took a lot of people out of it already. Like the prime example is how'd they follow up the Kofi squash when Kofi faced Brock? Kofi lost the WWE title to Brock. They didn't. They had this little brief meeting at the Royal Rumble, and that was literally it. No interaction, nothing changed about Kofi afterward. It's almost how, like he forgot he won the WWE title and didn't even care afterwards. How about The Fiend after he lost to Goldberg? That ne He never recovered from that. There's so many like examples, like in some people, I feel like after so much time, you would think, all right, how many times do I have to forgive this person, give the person the benefit of the doubt before giving up on them? And people are like brainwashed into believing like the, oh, the stuff, things are going to turn around. They haven't. <laughs> they really haven't. Like, like, look who are, like, look who are the champs now? Becky, Charlotte, Roman, Usos, Lashley, Riddle and Orton. You could almost take that. Those first four are from. You could use those. You could say this is 2016, and it wouldn't be. It wouldn't like be out of the realm of possibility. Very true. You're trying to. You're trying to build a new star. And you're like killing it pretty much <laughs> at that point. 
we'll we'll see how we'll see how it plays out. We'll see, but I I I don't have a lot of faith in WWE when it comes to that because, like, I have examples listed here. WWE has let us down so many times, even though we try to play stuff out, let stuff play out. Retribution's one of them. Remember that with Mustafa Ali, and that that didn't work. Nope. The Fiend. They, they did everything to possibly derail it. Now he now Bray Wyatt's looking like he's going to be all elite. Uh, Post Kofi, of course, Miro love triangle with Lana and Lashley. Oof, that was awful. Led to Miro being gone. Otis with money in the bank. Uh, booking of Ricochet for the most part, pretty much, after he lost the U.S. title. And then breaking up the Hurt business. Plus, uh, Sting, even though circumstances came into play on that, but you had a money match with Undertaker sitting right in front of you, and it never happened. Card. But, they uh, were on the same card, but never happened. Yep. Uh, and then uh, AEW, they, they, they like Miro initially, he was the best man. It didn't work out very well. But once they transitioned him into the Redeemer, he's been on fire. The Dark Order, they were... Ugh. Dead at the jump, pretty much. But on BTE, they developed some personality with Brody Lee. God rest his soul, man. He was, he, he was like, really, he changed the Dark Order and really brought them, helped bring them into prominence with comedy and all that in BTE. And he was just so good, what he did. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, he wasn't, people weren't too keen on him at the beginning. And then he finally developed a character he felt developed more of a character that people could relate to the beer drinking cowboy, millennial cowboy and Britt Baker. Also, she was not doing very well at the start either, but she turned heel and man, that turned her career around just so many examples both ways. It's like you get more faith in one company than the other company pretty much. And people can love WWE. That's fine. You can love WWE. Just not me at right at this point. I, I, I love past WWE. Uh, present WWE, it's just not jiving with me at this point. But let's get off of that topic and get to the main topic here of discussion. The man, the best in the world, CM Punk. So my situation with watching Rampage, J.O., was I, I had a football game I was calling on the radio and I didn't get done till 10.30. Thank goodness for YouTube TV's DVR function. I was able to DVR it and watch it back. And how were you able to watch it? Um, so I'm still piggybacking off my parents' uh, DirecTV subscription. So the perks of that is all I have to do is log into my DirecTV, go to TNT.com, and then I can stream live from there. So that's how I was able to watch it. Man, this had to be one of the most special moments we've seen in a while, in like a long time because not very many people ever come back after seven years. Mm-mm. Like it, it was one of the most and, – and the thing is we've been conditioned as fans of wrestling with WWE way they do it. They're not going to give us what we want. But Tony Khan was smart enough when they booked the United Center. He's like, all right. And like the night of, we're putting CM Punk on first because the crowd is going to get angry if they don't get CM Punk now. It's like that Batista promo saying, give me what I want. <laughs> and uh, 
they certainly got what they wanted because it, it was just amazing. The environment at the United Center, you don't see wrestling events at the United Center ever. <laughs> and they put 15,000 plus in that freaking building. And that whole place was just on fire from the jump at, of Rampage. And CM Punk, CM Punk, you hear that? Shh. Then the Living Color song, Cold Personality, starts playing, and everybody loses their ever-loving crap. Like, it, it was just amazing. He sits on the ramp, looks around, tear in his eye. We, I, If you would have told me in 2021 we'd be seeing CM Punk back in professional wrestling – I probably would have laughed completely in your face. No, I agree. Cause I'm pretty sure CM Punk's even come out himself a few years back saying he was just done with wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we had no reason to believe he wasn't telling the truth, but glad he glad he's decided to change his mind. Yeah. Cause he just created uh, some kind of shift. I don't know how big of a shift it's going to be, but it's a shift nonetheless. Like in the, and he came down, jumped into the crowd. That was cool as hell. And just, he was soaking it all in. And he comes down. His promo begins, is just, the beginning of his promo is fantastic. Because you know what he did in his, the beginning of his promo? He put over another talent immediately. He said, oh man, you sure make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. That just elevated Britt Baker even more. <laughs> And she's like one of the hottest things in AEW right now. Like the guy knows what he's doing. When you give him a mic, who knows what he's going to do with it? You say it'll be good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it'll be good once he does that. Uh, but the, some of that content in his promo was, I like that he apologized to the fans for that. He's like, I've been hearing you for seven years. And uh, he, apo- he apologized and stuff, and but he couldn't work for that comp for a company that got him sick in the first place, which made complete sense because they had that lawsuit and everything with him after he left and all that. And firing him on his wedding day, right? Oh yeah, that was that was very that was very smart. Um, and one of the lines I pulled from this was. August 13th, 2005. So that was the last day he was, his, that was his last match with Ring of Honor. He left professional wrestling. And August 20th, he returns to pro wrestling. And, and you know what? The thing is here, he didn't, like, he didn't take direct shots at WWE, really, if you think about it. He did not explicitly say them. He did it in a roundabout way that sounded good. Because with WWE, they don't define their product as pro wrestling. They define it as sports entertainment. And it's... I used to... I'm okay with some sports entertainment, but I like the pro wrestling aspect as well. A lot more, honestly. But that was a cool line. And then he sets up a freaking match with Darby Allin, who he says that Darby... He mentioned this. Darby Allin... If he was a fan, like if he was like a teenager right now, or if he was like when he was a teenager, he'd be a fan of Darby Allen. 
and he just set up a match with Darby Allen at All Out, which is already sold out anyway. Is in anticipation of what he just, uh, in anticipation of what was going to happen, and yeah, it, it made it just really, really cool moment overall. And this just sets up so many different dream matches now. Like, there's so much, so many dream matches that are possible with with Punk now and out the realm and. What do you think his impact is going to be on the company moving forward? Yeah, they have the star power. I mean, not to take away from, you know, the other people that are there, like not to take away from Jericho, Kenny Omega, Sting, but with CM Punk being there, that's, I mean, even since he left, how many times did you hear people just start shouting CM Punk? CM Punk during a WWE match. He's be, he's become more than just a wrestler. He's become almost an icon of the industry, and now he's back with AEW. That's going to bring some people back, some people who may have left because of that, may have left because he left. They might be tuning into AEW now just to see what CM Punk's doing over there now. Yeah, some like they the might more- away some uh, current WWE fans who liked CM Punk but kept going after he left might be tuning into AEW now because he's back. Yeah, and yeah. Prof- professional wrestling comes in all different flavors. And AEW brings a lot of different flavors to their stuff. High flyers. Everyone doesn't wrestle just the same style, if you notice that in AEW. There's ever there's so many different kinds of styles in AEW. And there's so many potential dream matches. Like we we're talking about Kenny Omega. Oof. Kenny Omega. And I, my, my theory is this. So when Kenny loses the title, when, because it's not going to be at all out. He's facing Christian at all out, which, man, hats off to that guy, Christian Cage, mm-hmm. man. The dude was supposed to be retired. He's back again. He's back. He's killing it right now. And that sets up him. It sets up oh, my, my, my theory on the Kenny Omega match uh, was – once, once Kenny loses the title, which I'm thinking at full gear, they're going to set up a match for Revolution. It's going to be Kenny versus CM Punk. I could get behind that. I, I, I could get fully behind that. I'm fully I'm, – I'm on board. I'm already on board for All Out pretty much because you got some really good matches coming up on the card, like Punk and, Punk and Darby Allin. You got Omega, Christian. And they had a really good match on Rampage couple weeks ago uh also like well about a week i think it was a little over a week ago or so and then you have the bucks taking on whoever wins this tag team eliminator tournament it'll be so right now drastic express is in the finals and then it'll be either uh lucha brothers or uh, varsity blondes which is uh brian pillman jr and griff garrison so you can it's not really it's it's a win-win situation pretty much with whoever you get in that match because the Bucks have been on fire recently as well. And uh, and then also maybe Sting. Maybe Sting. You watched, did you see Sting's last match on TV? Mm-hmm. It was so also, cool. Yeah. He's, he's still got it. He's still he's, got some of it. Dude, if I look like that at 62, I'm going to be so happy. I'd be so happy. Mm-hmm. That dude, Sting is just living his best life right now. Because you saw the you saw the interaction he had with Orange Cassidy about a month or so ago, 
Oh, I've only replayed it like a thousand times. It's like the best thing I've ever seen. And even though I know people like like the traditionalists are like, this is so freaking stupid. Just have fun with it. <laughs> and staying with the little chess thing at the end of it. Oh my gosh. If you haven't already, people go find it on YouTube right now. You are missing out. But it also sets up maybe Orange Cassidy and CM Punk. That, that, that's interesting contrast. Pack, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, Ricky Starks is another one. But what CM Punk did, he's going to move the needle somehow. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to move some, move up a little bit. And really, you look at the site, uh, the the the, the, the the t-shirt site, Pro Wrestling Tees. It crashed. It, it literally broke the website. <laughs> it literally broke it. <laughs> and that they've broke, they broke their record for uh, highest selling shirt in 24 hours. They've broken that three times this last year. First, it was with the Brody Lee tribute shirt. Second, it was with Sting. Third, now it's with Kenny O, not Kenny Omega, but CM Punk. It was absolutely insane. And I think they set an all-time record for like most shirts sold, like most like the uh, specific design sold within that time. Like within 72 hours, it was the most, it was the highest selling design they've ever had on the site. Crazy. And uh, the, the ratings, let's look at the ratings here for this. 1.129 million viewers. The first episode of Rampage was 753,000. This is according to Brand Thurston from WrestleNomics. It was up 53%. Like you said, needle mover. Needle mover. And and this is not the end of what AEW is going to do now. Oh, no. It'll just keep going. There's two more more signings coming. One of them going to be probably Danielson, Brian Danielson. The next one? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's Cole. Adam Cole because his contract's gone now. Yep. Maybe he, it all depends on what happens right now, but it all depends on if he's on SmackDown, if he comes out on SmackDown. Apparently he wasn't advertised for Raw, but SmackDown, if he's on SmackDown, I'm going to start questioning. It's like, all right, is he coming to AEW? Okay, well, he's buddies with the Bucks. They were, he was a part of the Bucks and Kenny. He was a part of the elite. Uh, okay. His girlfriend's in AEW too. You start going dot, 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 dot connecting them. And it, if I could be wrong, this could be wrong by Friday, but I think a, I think Cole could be AEW bound and that could even be another impactful signing for them too. Say, Oh, I agree a hundred percent, but no, you, Sometimes you just got to put the conspiracy theory glasses on and and see and read between the lines and connect those dots. But everything you said, it points toward Adam Cole being all elite. Yeah, and he just like he lost his last match here from NXT. Contract's gone. It sounds like Bray Wyatt's going to sign with AEW two as well. Uh, that's going to be interesting because I, I don't know how his character works into. AEW, it'd be interesting to see, but the the hocus pocus, all that magic stuff, I think that'll probably be try to be avoided because 
that's not kind of AEW's, excuse me, forte with that. Right. But I just, I just hope it's The Fiend. I loved The Fiend ever since uh, he debuted. I think it's one of the greatest characters that WWE's had. I don't know how they fumbled the bag and lost it, but they, wherever they do, we do, wherever they, we they, do see Bray Wyatt back, I hope it's The Fiend. Yeah, they do have a tendency to fumble things, but it's 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 here nor there. But uh, Punk also did that really cool thing where he gave ice cream bars to everyone in the building. That was freaking insane. Like he he was I think inspiration was from like John Lester from the Cubs who opened up bar tabs after he left the Cubs. And uh, that was just a really cool thing to kind of say thank you to fans for after seven years of cheering your name, cheering his name and coming back. And man, people were moved to freaking tears. How often does wrestling make you have that kind of emotion? It's definitely been a while. It's been a while since it's happened in WWE. Like Kofi was the last time I really got that way. Mm. When he won the title, that was about the last time I got like emotional about it. Cause I was like, so like, I got so emotionally invested into that. Like, it's like, okay, Kofi needs to freaking win this thing. But that's the last time I really got emotionally invested in like WWE. And, but then that CM Punk thing, man, it was, everyone was emotionally invested in that. And if you give crap for somebody crying, you're, I'm glad you don't have a, you must not have a connection with anything in your life really, because that's like, some people have connections with their favorite character. Like some people like on watching like Grey's Anatomy, which I, which my, which my sister watches. Some people get really connected to those characters and when they're gone, they cry. But when they, like, okay. people get like emotional about, they get emotional attachments to these characters because they relate to him so much. The thing about Punk is he is so relatable and real when he talks. That's what people love about him. Oh, I agree 100%. When he dropped that infamous pipe bomb, he became a voice for the voiceless. He he knew the problems with WWE, the ones that the fans were saying for so long but were being ignored. And now when Punk did that, he gave the opportunity for those voices to be heard. That's why he became that guy. Yeah, and you know what Punk said? This moment was better than the that that moment at the at Money in the Bank when he won the title. Like he said, that was bigger than that. It was better than that, but I would agree. I would agree. Mm-hmm. It was it was quite incredible, and just I am so excited for the future. It's like, like I said, injected some adren- adrenaline in me now because I'm like, gosh, this makes it wrestling so much more fun again. And AEW, okay, AEW's doing WCW like the mid '90s, whatever, like '95 to '97 or so. They're doing it right because AEW show is unpredictable. Like you never know who's going to show up anymore. <laughs> like we saw freaking Nick Gage on there. And it's also a reasonable amount of time for a show. Two in hours. My, in my opinion. <laughs> Two hours. And speaking of that, we're going to delve off into one other topic this show. And that is Nick Khan. So Nick Khan from WWE, the uh, executive, was it? He's like the WWE president. And he had an interview with Ariel Helwani on BT Sport recently. 
And some of his comments, I'm like, just completely rubbed me the wrong way. And one of the things he said was, so on if Raw would benefit to being reduced to two hours, thanks to uh, Joseph Lee on 411 Mania for posting uh, this transcript to the uh, to the interview. But he said, my, from my point of view, Raw would benefit from being four hours. He probably was saying this tongue in cheek. So we would get paid more money. And SmackDown would be eight hours. But I understand that our creative folks, as amazing as they are, there's only so much great content they can do on a weekly basis. So we're good with the three, two, three and two system. Great content, you said? Yep. <laughs> SmackDown's not bad from what so I read. Most of them. But they're doing completely revamping NXT now. And from what I heard too, as well, they said that what they're looking for is guys that are over six feet tall, 200 plus, 220 plus pounds or whatever anymore. And they're looking for guys. They're trying to get less reliance on uh, indie guys. And they want to mold dub wrestlers into the WWE style. They want to start them from scratch and mold them with the WWE style of wrestling. I mean, I can I can get behind the idea of wanting to have a homegrown superstar. Um, you know, it's been a while since I feel WWE's done that. Like they get all these indie guys that they bring in and make superstars. Not really. So they, I, well, I they don't end up. They don't end up making them very. They end up just misusing them, and then it's like, oh, whatever, bye. <laughs> Fair point. But I can get behind that aspect. But to first of all, I. WWE style, I don't know if that's what people are, want anymore. And if they went with that style in the beginning of what they were looking for, then we wouldn't have half of the NXT call-ups that ended up being big in WWE. Yep. Well, so Ke Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, those are just two names. I got probably yeah. multiple other ones that I can think of right now, but uh, Balor. Yeah, I would say Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. Definitely not over six foot tall, over 250 pounds. Like all these guys they mostly get are indie guys. Like they, like the, some of the bigger stars on television are indie stars. Like they, they got to come from somewhere. They wrestle like, like Raw, even Rollins. Rollins came from the indies. <laughs> right. It's like, and he's not big guy that uh, Vince McMahon is known for. AJ Styles. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's brain. It's like, what? <laughs> like I get it to a certain extent, but at like a certain point you're like, okay, what made NXT great at the beginning? Neville was an indie guy beforehand too. Yeah. Think about that. Neville as well. Like these guys come from the indies. That's what made part made NXT popular. Like Gargano and Andrade, they made crazy matches. Champ Gargano and Champa, they had epic matches. Adam Flipping Cole, Bobby Fish, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. Those are all independent guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they're thinking with this new direction. It's like, oh, we got to go back to back the 1980s where these guys have to be giant and big and have to... You can barely wrestle, to be honest. <laughs> we're not in the 
eight, 19, late 1980s, early 90s anymore. It's wrestling has changed and you got to evolve with the change. And I just, I am not really a fan of what's to come for in that aspect of things. Cause they keep, oh, they keep firing people and then they keep bringing other people in. It's like, what, what, are, what are you doing? Like they, they like fire people after a couple months and then bring a couple people in. And in that aspect, I just don't get it because you're, you're giving, you're not even giving these people a chance. And it's, if they do it with the whole, what, what's their excuse? Like it's just a financial burden or it's a budget cuts. You're making, when, you're making record profits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what exactly they have to cut on the budget besides, you know, their salaries, their payroll, but don't say it's because of that. Just say it's you lost faith through your own fault. Mm. And I don't know. It's just unfortunate. I always, always get some heartbreak every time I read about the latest WWE layoffs. Yeah. And then, you know what, those guys, good for them though, because they go, they get to come to places where they want to go. They get to thrive elsewhere. Like, Andrade, that was a missed, completely missed opportunity. Alistair Black was, excuse me, a giant missed opportunity. And they're screwing up carrying cross right now, like horribly, because they just had him come out in some freaking armor on Raw or earlier this evening. Because I'm recording this on Monday. But yeah, it's like they do. <laughs> and I know you're a Jeff Hardy fan, but to have him lose? Oh, I, was stu- I, th- I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. It's yeah, like, like you- oh, he came, he came out to his retro theme. That's pretty cool. But no, we didn't want to see him or a NXT, uh, NXT champ lose. It was, it just- it, Cross was the champ at the time. Yeah, NXT like, champ. And you just made him look like a complete dork. And the long and the, everyone's all play the long game. It's it's not working right now. The short game has been bad, and it he, he's he's it's his his uh, chances in being successful are kind of dead on arrival pretty much at this point. Because what made him interesting was his manager, like he had Scarlett as his manager, and the entrance he had that was one of the highlights of his like of his uh the, whole, the package for him he his entrance was pretty cool but like they killed that on the main roster for some reason because they have people in charge that are like 800 years old at this point mm-hmm. out of touch people and the right the writers are not even wrestling people they're just tv people so it's not wrestling centric anymore <laughs> for sure but not too much too much drama yeah which adds to wrestling absolutely but you know there's always a line it's wrestling at the end of the day it's pro wrestling that's what this this it's built upon pro wrestling i know you need promos i know you need video packages you can work those in but they don't need to be the majority of your show that you don't need to open every tv show with a promo open it with wrestling that's what people are there for wrestling (laughs) And you see these fans turning on crowds like they're they're chanting Bray Wyatt. Even though Alexa Bliss doesn't deserve that at all because that's what she was handed and she had to make the best of what make the best with it. But the Bray Wyatt chants that you just know there's a problem when people come there and they're chanting stuff like that. 
And right. don't blame the fans. They pay their ticket. They can chant whatever the heck they want. Agreed. And if and if they think something sucks, they'll let you know. They'll let you know. And and, and, and then piping in crowd noise. That's real stupid. Oh God, yeah. You can, and then like it's it's so bad at times that you can tell that they piped in the crowd music, the crowd noise. But you know what? I have hope for wrestling, though. I have hope for wrestling because we have CM Punk and AEW and we have more stuff coming in AEW every single week for me. For me, it's not a chore to watch. It is enjoyable television. I look forward to it every week. It's a great wrestling show. Just just a great wrestling show. It's very fast-paced, but just it's it's a fun watch. It blows by so quickly. I mean, besides the fact that it's shorter, yes, but but it's also very engaging. Not mm-hmm. like like you know WWE right now. And you have characters you care about. You pick the characters you care about: Miro, Hangman, Britt, Christian, Kenny, the Bucks. You give a crap. You want to see them. You want to see the. You want to see the elite lose. But it's. You, you get into it, and the crowds in AEW are just – so they're engaged, they're smart, and uh, wrestling has a bright future with all the other companies around Impact Wrestling, MLW, New Japan, all that. There are so many different options out there in professional wrestling. Find something you like because there is something out there that you will like. <laughs> Absolutely. WWE isn't the end-all be-all of wrestling like people think it is. And it's kind of, it's not, and some people still think it is, which is okay by them. It's just not me. Yeah, with you there. All right. I think that is going to close things out for this episode. And uh, I apologize, Prior. We had... I planned a... Pro- Back before I stopped doing the podcast for a while, I promised a Kurt Angle wrestling machine uh, kind of breakdown of his time as the wrestling machine. I will get back to that. I'm going to go probably, it's going to be in November sometime, close to when he debuted back in Survivor Series 1999. So I'll get back to that. We'll kind of kind of look at the the realm of the wrestling world week by week. We'll pick out topics. We'll pick out different things we would like to talk about in professional wrestling. If it's a slower news week, what going of what's going on, we'll pick something out, watch a match or whatever for the show. But looking forward to getting back to this. We're close to episode 100. It's episode 97 of the show. So it's going to be fun ride. And I'm glad you were here with me, Jeremy on the ride. Thanks for having me, man. Always, always a pleasure. All right. So, Until next time, this is Sig Daddy with J.O. signing off saying so long, everybody.